0: Hey, what up Long Beach? Welcome back to the only podcast about everything Long Beach State Athletics. As always, the LB Fee Show is hosted by the 562.org, which is myself, JJ Fiddler and my co-host Mike Gartabasio, who has an interview coming up with a few track and field stars here on campus. But first, we got to bring on the man of the hour, LBSUAD, Andy Fee. What's up, Andy? How you been?
1: Hey, the sun is out. It's shining. It's a beautiful day here in the LBC. Life is good,
0: JJ. It is good. It feels like summer already. A summer everybody is definitely itching for. What what's your favorite temperature? What 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 kind of weather do you like, Andy? Do you you like the hot sun out there? Or do you want some overcast?
1: That's a great question. I was just in uh, La Quinta in the desert, and it was about in the low nineties, and I that was a little too warm for me. <laughs> <laughs> I've become soft. JJ, the perfect temperature, I like about 80. I like a little warm, but um, I've become soft. You know, I spent 10 years in the desert, Arizona State. And, uh, you know, I guess, you, as I always say, you get used to your surroundings, you acclimatize, whatever. But now when I go to the desert, I go, how the heck did I ever spend 10 years in the (laughs) desert? So I am back to my roots growing up here on the coast. And I would say 80 degrees, Perfect for me, that's for sure.
0: There you go. Yeah, my favorite answer to that question is wherever the water is. Correct. I just, I just want to get near the water, and then we'll figure it out after that. But yeah, it has been beautiful. Uh, obviously, a lot going on at Long Beach State right now. When we're and we're just gonna get right into it, right? I mean, not much time to uh, do anything else other than get to events. And Andy, you've been you've been to a couple events. One of them, golf here recently, Long Beach State golf has been uh, killing the big west and you got to see a little bit of that and we were talking before the show about how you going to events is a little bit of normalcy that you're able to kind of get back into your life so that's got to be really nice
1: yeah it it sounds funny to say that but in a world where we all were kind of shut ins just going out to an event is huge for my for my psychological state and I've been loving it I was able to go to Las Vegas for men's and women's basketball, I traveled with men's volleyball for the Big West in Honolulu, I went out to the desert earlier this week. um, For the men's golf tournament, I will be traveling up to Stanford to watch Holland, um, Holland shorts uh, from women's golf, uh, who won the individual championship and, and qualified for regionals up at Stanford and then uh, hopefully when we figure out where men's golf will be playing for their regional, I can, uh, I can go watch them play. But, um, other than also, you know, watching some softball games and baseball games and beach volleyball, um, I'm trying to watch as much as I can. Cause I feel like I've just been thirsting for activity. So now I'm just, you know, I got the fire hose of sporting events going and, uh, I'm trying to drink from that
0: as fast as I can. Yeah, at the 562.org, we're doing the exact same thing and uh, wondering what we were doing, wishing for this back in November and December, being like, yeah, just give us all the sports all the time. We'll, we'll figure it out. Trying to figure it out, trying to get to everything. I totally understand. You know, if you weren't like teaching a class on how to be a good athletic director, how important would being at events be to just doing your job well and, and kind of being interactive with the student athletes?
1: It's probably one of the most um, undiscussed probably responsibilities of being an athletic director because there are so many, but I think being present at events is probably one of the most important things an athletic director can do, especially for our student athletes. Our student athletes want to feel supported and I don't think they have any expectation that I can be at every game of theirs, but I, if it was me, I would look to the sideline and probably say, well, who's here watching? Hopefully, obviously, mom and dad or whomever from your family is going to be watching, maybe some friends, but I would be watching those that, you know, are in leadership positions. So I think it's important to be seen and to let them know that you support them and are there to cheer them on and clap and, you know, yell good shot, great pot, you know, give them a fist bump, whatever it is that, All of what we do as administrators is for them, the student-athlete, to have that opportunity to compete and practice and compete for a championship, hopefully. So that's the best part of my job. I, I love my job, but I always say, you know, going to meetings isn't the most exciting thing in the world, no matter who you are. So for me, the most exciting part of my day is when I get to, you know, sneak off to the the softball diamond and, and watch them play UCLA, uh, you know, like today or, or to travel. But I would say as an athletic director, you have to be present as much as you can. You can't be at everything because it's just not possible, but you want to let those student athletes know that you care. So that's very important to me.
0: Well, two weeks ago, after we recorded our last show, you just mentioned her, Holland Shorts won the individual championship Uh, at the Big West Championship at Yorba Linda Country Club. She posted a one over par 71 in the final round to clinch that thing. And it is the third consecutive Big West individual championship for a Long Beach State athlete. Jennifer Yu and Haley Tigrette won in 2018, 2019, respectively. The beach finished third as a team, but it's got to look so nice on that trophy for it to just say Long Beach State, Long Beach State, Long Beach State the last three times.
1: It, it really speaks to our student athletes and their commitment, especially during a COVID year. And all of our teams, I'm so proud of um, no matter the result, but when you can pick off a championship in a year like this, it's simply amazing because it's hard enough to win a championship in what I guess I'll call a normal year, a normal cycle, but to throw in COVID, it's simply amazing to me. And for Holland and you know men's golf and we'll see you know obviously we'll have some track and field folks going to to regionals and hopefully beyond that and baseball and softball are still going and but it's it's a real credit to the student athletes they're they're as we always talk about their grit their resiliency and how hard they work so credit credit to our student athletes
0: Well, the the men's team got it going as well at the Big West Conference Championship this week. In fact, on Tuesday, with a six under par, the Beach won their first Big West team title since 2004. They were the only team to shoot under par at the event, seven strokes ahead of second place UC Davis. Got to shout out sophomore Clay Sieber, who was the runner-up individually with a two under par 71 in the final round. It was hot and it was windy out there. I can't believe they shot so low, Andy. Those are some crazy, uh, uh, crazy courses they play out there in the desert.
1: Yeah, it, the, the conditions were were not easy, uh, especially on Sunday. And again, credit—you know—they had a great game plan that that Michael Wilson, Coach Wilson, came up with. How how they wanted to play the course and not hit driver off of every tee. They didn't—they didn't need to. Our team hits the ball pretty good distance. We we're probably one of the longer programs hitting the ball in terms of distance so using that as an advantage of not having to hit driver being able to control put yourself in the fairway get yourself on the green and the greens were in immaculate shape they play a a pga tour event i can't remember what it's called now but um, you know the old bob hope where they plan multiple courses out there looking country club is one of those Um, it didn't host it this year because of covid but it's a great course and the membership and the staff out there uh did an amazing amazing job but to watch them play so well and see the other teams struggle um really again a testament to the game plan and executing the game plan really well so um you know credit to coach wilson and the team it was a lot of fun to personally watch them and uh celebrate with them
2: yeah,
0: just like we said, they haven't won it since 04. How, how did Coach Wilson turn this program around so quickly? And you're talking about game plans. What was the game plan when, when he got hired?
1: Well, I think it was to, to have a strategic plan and, and not trying to come up with what I call the light switch solution, which is, you know, people, I can turn it around in one year, so to speak. Well, you know, maybe you can, you're going to get some transfers or JUCOs or something like that. But Usually that's more of a band-aid approach. You know, where are you going to recruit? What are the players you're going to go after? Certainly we want to win as quick as we can, but we also want to be able to win and compete for championships and be sustainable in that. So coach put together a recruiting philosophy of the type of players that he wanted to go after and secure, which he was able to do. Um, Also, you know, how he wants the team to play you know, golf's an interesting sport, you know, the athletes, they have, you know, usually they have their own swing coaches that they have off to the side, so to speak. And then they work with coach Wilson. So you, you have to find, you know, athletes that are going to be able to work. Meaning, you know, if their golf coach is like, just Andy hit driver, you're driver, driver, driver. And then coach Wilson's like, well, in these tournaments and these courses, we don't want to hit driver. We want to hit iron off the tee. We hit it long enough. So you have to find players that that will play to what the coach's philosophy is on how he wants to do it. There's a lot of different ways to win, right? So I think it's coming up with a comprehensive plan, and, and, and Coach Wilson's done a great job. I, I am not surprised by his success. I, I will go out there and say it, coach probably wouldn't, but I think last year's team was just as talented, and personally, I think if we had had the opportunity, we could have won a big West championship. And even if not that perhaps even get in as an at large at the time that we had to shut down, I think we were in the high twenties in terms of um, the golf stat RPI rankings. So, you know, in year three and now in year four, I think Michael has shown um, what we expected when I hired him, we've gotten everything I had hoped for and more. So I'm looking forward to, to what's coming next. We have a lot of great freshmen on that team right now. Uh, I know we have recruits that are that are coming that way. So, you know, again, it's tough every year. You got to go out there and and compete. But I I believe this program will be in the mix. We'll make sure we keep coach here. Uh, He's happy. We love having him. And uh, I think the players have definitely responded to his coaching approach.
0: You mentioned it NCAA regionals for golf coming up this month. And just around the corner, NCAA postseason for softball and baseball and some of the other sports. Got to shout out softball. 26 and 6 now overall, 20 and 2 in the Big West after sweeping four games on Hawaii. Long Beach State, an incredible offensive weekend, scoring 50 runs over four games. They hit 11 home runs, in t- including two grand slams out there on the island. So looking good. And I just have to tip my cap to coach Kim Souter and her whole staff. You know, they were one of the last softball teams, just like baseball, one of the last teams to get on the practice field and get back into the swing of things, not having a lot of buildup, but they righted the ship incredibly fast and got going in the right direction. Obviously that matchup against Cal State Fullerton just around the corner. But like you said, They're hosting UCLA for a doubleheader today. That's Wednesday. And then they're taking on Cal on a doubleheader on Saturday, both on campus at the Long Beach State Softball Complex. That's when you know you've got a program cooking, when you're hosting two Pac-12 teams in the heart of the season at home, just trying to get yourself in position for the postseason. you got to be impressed with what they're doing out there on the Little Diamond.
1: For sure. And Kim is, I saw Kim in the office on campus, I don't know, maybe an hour ago, a little over an hour ago, and she was running to her office to grab something. But, you know, Kim Souter is, is a, a true professional in terms of of being a coach. She is an expert. She has seen it all. She has done it all. Um, She has built that program to a place where we have high expectations and, It's exciting to watch what they're doing, to to see who they're bringing in um, in terms of recruits and the transfers, the bounce backs, as we call them. It's pretty amazing to see it. And as you said, when you have UCLA, which is arguably one of the best teams in the country, and Cal coming to our campus to play, that usually means something. I mean, there's a respect among coaches. And it also is a nod that our program is something um a, a program that others want to play that they see us as a great game um you know they're trying to have a, a good schedule too and um you know we we believe that we're a great a great team to be on their schedule just like we want them on our schedule so it's going to be exciting this week to see where we are the numbers as you mentioned are just gaudy right i mean they're just off the charts ridiculous video game stuff um you know i was looking at some of gonzo Alyssa Gonzalez's stats. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And uh, I'm loving it because those are our stats, JJ. We love stats like
0: that. (laughs) Absolutely. Count them up, count them up, count it. Got to shout out baseball as well. You know, obviously it's been a hard road for the dirtbags. Also, not a lot of buildup to their season and they got slow going. But now, if you look at the last two series against number 25, UC Santa Barbara, and then last weekend against number 24, UC Irvine, they've split. They split both of those series with ranked teams, which if you're thinking about it, that that looks like you're pretty much on the same footing as two teams that are ranked in the top 25. So what could have been if this dirt team got a little bit more practice before they took the field, but still with flashes of greatness, the pitching staff threw 17 straight innings without allowing a run in that, uh, in that series finale and the game before that. So they still got stuff going and they've got, fans back in the stands it has been two weeks since we've done this show so we have been at Bull Diamond at blair field with fans in the stands how did that go andy did, did everything go as planned were the uh friends and family in attendance happy with how that went
1: yeah i think it went really well you know the feedback we got certainly you know we'd love to have more people in but right now under the guidelines from local public health i think things have worked out um, anecdotally, folks have said they feel safe, they feel secure. You know, they see us maintaining the rules and asking people, "Hey, just a reminder, make sure your mask is on and it's covering your face fully." Um, that we have people sitting in those pods of seats, and and that it's not just an amoeba, just you know, uh, uh, just a sea of humanity, just you know, clutched together in the stands. So it's a little odd, but again, we're committed to having the safe environment as safe as we can possibly make it so excited about that you know as you just mentioned we went through two series eight games with arguably two of the toughest teams in our conference and this conference is tough top to bottom but I think for us we feel pretty good based upon you know my conversations with coach Valenzuela coming out of those two series that we can make a run here um, at at the back end of our schedule again there's nothing easy on our schedule but You know, if we split with the two best teams and we can kind of get some momentum, we can still make a run. It's, it's not going to be easy. You know, the challenges going into this, we knew it would be like that, but you know, I know people say, well, Annie, you're 14 and 13. What are you, what are you talking about? Well, we've, we've had that we've played the tough team so far. So, you know, on paper, at least we'll see what happens from here on out, but you know, Coach believes that that we can we can really make a run if we stay focused. If if the guys um, continue to work hard, again, they haven't made any complaints. They've adjusted. Um, there's been some heartbreakers, you know, over the last couple of weeks and some of these games, but it is what it is. And um, I'm I'm really excited. And as you said, against the first part of the question is having fans there who get to see it again. We're not back to normal just yet, but. It's great to hear live cheers in Blair field and at uh, the diamond on campus for softball. It means a lot to the athletes. So excited to see where we go from here uh, with both of those programs.
0: No doubt baseball going to be on the road at UC Riverside. That is a massive series. They've got to get some wins out there. Like you said, to get some momentum and hopefully go on a run as the season comes to a close speaking of hosting events though, beach volleyball hosted the big West championships at Rosie's dog beach or Ranada not a beach for those of you who have been around long beach for a little bit longer uh they got a couple wins out there we're looking good beat sac state uc davis cal state bakersfield eventually losing to the eventual champions cal poly but did that event go as well i mean andy you've had a interesting relationship with the city of long beach over the last few months trying to get your student athletes back on the playing surfaces so was it almost more difficult to figure out a way to do something on a city beach than, let's say, figuring out a way to do something on campus?
1: Well, thankfully, it's out, it was an outdoor event, so that did make it easier. Uh, but, you know, it was great. You know, I, I, if folks went down there, um, they certainly saw how we set it up. For those that maybe didn't have a chance to go down there, you know, we set up kind of a cattle guard, as I call it, you know, bike rack around the perimeter of the courts. So we did have separation of athletes from fans because there, there are some obviously COVID protocols and the testing coming into that. But, you know, there were a lot of people out there, you know, I didn't, I didn't have a count, but I don't know, at least, you know, 100, 200 people watching, um, you know, championship day on the weekend. So it was exciting. It was great, great atmosphere. You know, we had some music bumping out there. The, the sun was out. It wasn't too hot. It wasn't too cold. Um, you know, maybe not the final result that that we wanted, but, I thought the team played really well. The match against Cal Poly, the eventual champ, the champions was was very close. Um, you know, the, the score didn't look like it when you just kind of look at it, but the actual sets and the scores were were very, it was a very tight match. And again, I think what, what Mike Campbell, Coach Campbell's doing, building that program, continuing to build it, again, in a weird COVID year, I think they did a great job finished up. I, I, maybe the final rankings aren't out, but, you know, we were in the top 20 all year long throughout the season. I think maybe number 18 going into the weekend. So a lot of really positive things and we want to keep growing. Beach volleyball is one of the fastest growing sports in, in NCAA college uh, athletics. And I think we have a bright future. We're going to continue to, to push some resources to, to that program, because that is definitely a program that can compete for championships Obviously, in 2013, Brian Jim um, that program won the AVCA championship. The, the last non-NCA championship, 2014, was the first full-on NCA championship. But we've also been to the tournament, I think, in 2017. They take eight teams right now, I believe, to Gulf Shore in Alabama. So we, we can do it. We've been there. We're going to get back there. It's not if, but when, and again, that's a, a great program, fun to watch. If you haven't been out to campus to watch any of these beach volleyball matches, it's fast, it's fun, um, and I hope people do get a chance to, to come out and watch those uh, women compete. It's something, something fun.
0: You can fold in a little bit of uh, citywide news as well. The local school district and their Moore League is also about to do some beach volleyball for the high school kids, so Long Beach. Volleyball in general just keeps getting better and better. We've been telling you people, Long Beach is a volleyball city. You can believe us when you want to. Women's water polo, speaking of Big West championships, was at their Big West tournament. They got a win over UC Davis, but then ended up losing to Hawaii. And then finally track and field last week at the UC Riverside distance sprints. And then obviously on campus for the Long Beach State Throws and Jumps Fest. Uh, Shout out to Crystal Washington, set tying a school record for the women's triple jump. Alec Jones picked up a double victory, including the ninth best hammer throw in program history. The hammer throw for my money one of the most interesting and fun to watch events for a track and field meet. And then Jason Smith. I mean, we could just going to say his name every other week on the show. Eventually his third long jump win, his sixth event win of the season. Mike's going to have an interview with some of those guys coming up in just a second, but wanted to do a little bit of the schedule coming up this week at the beach. Like I mentioned, baseball, at UC Riverside. Softball, hosting those Pac-12 schools, UCLA and Cal. Track and field, going to do the multi-events Big West Championships on Friday and Saturday at UC Irvine. That's going to obviously be a big one. And if you want all of that coverage of everything happening at Long Beach State, you got to go to the 562 where we've got our newsletters, the videos, the previews, the recaps, the photos, the Twitter updates, and the interaction for you, Long Beach Nation.
2: All right, we're joined by our special guests for this week's episode, Jason Smith and Crystal Washington, both of the uh, very successful Long Beach State track and field team, both jumpers. Always exciting to get some jumpers on the show. Guys, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us. I'm
3: good. How are you?
4: Good, good. Thanks for having us.
2: We're good, man. I, you know, it's just nice to be able to see kids competing and, and be able to talk about sport. Like w- this show was for a year, basically just like, so, hey, are we going to play any sports? And Andy being like, nah, not this week, you know. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just happy you guys get to be out there and, and do what you love. Let, let's talk about that first. Um, you know, Jason first, then Crystal. What, what did it mean to be able to get back out there and, and to actually start competing again after that long layoff?
4: man i couldn't wait i was itching especially after last year's season after what had got taken from me i knew coming in this year any opportunity i was gonna get like whether we were gonna have an opportunity or not i was looking forward to it it meant so much to me when they first gave us that news that we were gonna be back on campus because like i was taking it upon myself to do things outside of school and stay stay ready because you know even though we had that uncertainty on whether we were going to come back or not. I, I had the faith uh, 100%. So I always knew there was going to come a time we were going to come back and be back to it. So it's a blessing that it came to fruition. And, and, you know, we just taking it week by week, day by day. So all we can do is just try to get better each day.
2: Crystal, how about you? What was your reaction when you heard, hey, you know, the gates are back open, I can actually get back out
3: there? Well, it was a little bit, it was more of a different reaction for me because I hadn't competed since May of 2019. And yeah, I was out. So I wasn't going to compete regardless of when like when the whole COVID thing happened and shut down. So like coming into the season, I think I was more nervous in the sense of like, I didn't know if I was going to be where I'm supposed to be. Like I, did, I thought like maybe like I knew that I was working for it. But I felt like I was like behind or something, you know, and um, when I got, when I actually like got to like practice with the team and everything, um, I realized I wasn't as far behind as I believed I was. And I guess that was just like more of like a mental thing. Um, So I think I was more so nervous coming into the track season than anxious to compete. Like I was scared to be back in the environment.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that makes sense. It's just there's so much change. And as you mentioned, you have your own things going on in your own career. You know what I mean? Um, Let's talk a little bit more about you guys individually. Uh, You're both, you know, record holders. Um, Jason, you're, you know, long jump, high jump, triple jump. You're doing all of it. Uh, Coming off a great weekend and and looking forward to those Big West championships in two weekends. Um, I'm going to ask you guys both this, but what is it that drew you to jumping? You know, I mean, like in, in particular, I've always felt like the triple jump, you guys are both, you know, world level athletes because you make the triple jump look smooth, where it's actually, I think like one of the most awkward, if, if it's, if you're not a championship level triple jumper, it's the most awkward looking thing in the world. right? <laughs> so
3: Absolutely. what is it about,
2: what is it about jumping that, that drew you to a Jason and, and how have you been able to find the success you've had uh, at, at a school like Long Beach State where you're the record holder?
4: Yeah, All right. well, for starters, my triple jump career has kind of come to its <laughs> end uh, <laughs> after, after, like you said, it's a very awkward, very explosive movement. So after I had sustained an injury um, my junior year, you know, me and Coach Sight, we kind of just, you know, took a step back from the triple. They were like, Jason, you're really good in the long and high. So let's just spend 100 percent of our time focusing on those two events. Um and jumping has just always been like my thing ever since I was younger I was always a kid that I could jump higher than others first one touching rim like you know because I was I was in right. baseball I was baseball basketball actually growing up but you know I really loved baseball basketball so in high school when I really started coming into my athleticism um I didn't think much of of track, you know. Even even though I had the track coaches hounding me, like ever since I walked into the high school, telling me to come out, they're like, "Dude, you you you're fast, you know. You you jumping higher than all these dudes, grabbing all these rebounds and stuff. Like, <laughs> you know, it it it'll translate. Like it'll translate. And I'm just listening. I'm like, man, what? Is, why do I want to run for fun? You know what I mean? Like, why do I want to just jump in some sand, and try to get over a bar? But I was always, I was always, always knew about track and field. My brother, he was actually a, a state qualifier high school in um, the high jump in his day. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't think much of it. I just knew he did it, and I thought it was awkward. Like I thought it was weird. But (laughs) once I um, gave up baseball in the spring, it was a spring sport. So my mom was like, you know, you're not just gonna have a whole spring season, not doing nothing. So I had to give in to those track coaches. And they threw me right on that runway, threw me right on into that high jump approach, and and I found a love for it. And the rest is history, man. Good,
2: good, good job, mom. Good
4: job, yeah coaches. Right. I,
2: I love how many like elite track and field athletes I've covered whose origin story is like, yeah, I was bullied into picking this sport up. Like, I
4: <laughs> man, bullied, huh? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um you know uh, crystal you know we're, we're uh, talking about the triple jump a little bit you just tied the school record uh in the triple jump at last weekend's jumps fest at the jack rose uh, track 41-1 uh to tie a 13 year old school record what is it about the triple jump for you how did you get into it and and do you agree with me that it can be awkward looking at times <laughs>
3: um it can definitely be awkward looking um my story is kind of similar to Jason's, like, um, me coming into high school, like, the track coach saw me, and he was like, I'm gonna put you in college, like, you're gonna, you're gonna jump for me, and I'm gonna put you in college, that was the first thing that he said to me, and And, what did you say, um, what did you
2: say to him when he
3: said that? I thought he was crazy, I thought he was crazy, because, like, I was a cheerleader, like, I, I thought I was gonna be a professional (laughs) cheerleader, gonna go live my best life, you know, at football games in the future, and he was like, no, I'm gonna put you in college, and then later on that day he ended up like seeing my mom picking me up and like he stopped her and talked to her whatever and my mom from that point was like you're going to track practice and I'm like I don't want to do track She's like no but you're going to do track like you know it's like when summer came and I was coming into like my ninth grade year uh she would just like wake me up early in the morning and drop me off at track practice and I would just be standing there looking so awkward you know and they tried to put me in like different events but like anybody who knows me knows, like, if you watch me run, it's the most awkward thing, because it it just looks weird, like, me personally running, it's just not my forte, but um, jumping is, like, something that, like, when he was teaching me triple jump, it was something that, like, I could actually catch on to, it was, like, I understood it from the moment that he explained it to me, and then I became obsessed with, like, the numbers, you know, he's, like, okay, you just jumped 35 feet, you know, you're a ninth grader, you know, so then I started to become obsessed with the numbers, and I'm, like, I'm getting better and I'm getting better and better and better. And then he tried me a long jump. And for whatever reason, me and long jump, we don't correlate either. Like it just (laughs) does not work. Like I feel like a lot of people think that long jump is easier, but to me, like I understand triple jump a lot more easier than I do long jump. And I just kind of fell in love with that event alone. So I never even really thought.
2: Do you think that's because of the cheerleading background or like a sort of a gymnastics approach? Or why do you think that? I don't feel like I've really heard a lot of people say that about the triple jump?
3: I honestly I have no idea. I for like looking at long jump and looking at triple jump, you would automatically assume I guess long jump is, you know, easier. It's like right. you run and you right. jump, but that's it's really a lot more than that. Like it's technical, like you have to have the penultimate step, you have to have the right run coming in, you have to have the right acceleration to speed, everything, you know? And for me, like, I can understand that that's what you have to have, but my body does not understand that that's what it has to do. Right. And for TJ, it just clicked for me. So like, that was the event that like, I like to do. It was the only event that I actually like to do. Like they tried to put me in shot put. I was a shot putter in high school for a little while. Like I've been in multiple different events. It was just, this one is the one that stuck. Like, this is the only one that I was really interested about, like passionate about I would literally go cry if I had a bad meet like just go sitting boohoo cry because it's like I know what I did wrong and it's just the the event that I love
2: well I can imagine how much uh as you were talking about it meant to you to, to get to come back out um you won state championships at the high school level as I mentioned you just tied the school record you're up there you know on the national level and and I'm I'm sure starting to look at those dates towards the end of the season um what are your expectations for the season for for how far you can go and And what's your goal? Is your goal to make it to a certain weekend or is it just to, you know, keep improving your marks or how are you approaching this next month?
3: Um, As of right now, I'm taking it week by week. So every week I'm coming up with a new goal. Um, So coming into the track season, I said like, I want to pick up where I left off. So where I left off was at 40 foot seven in like a half. And um, the first meet I jumped like 38 and I'm like, no, this is unacceptable. Like we're not doing this, you know? (laughs) So the following week I jumped like 39, eight and I'm like, okay, we're not quite there, but you know, that's a whole foot improvement, you know? So like for me, every week that I would come to practice, it was just like, I was working on something new and something new. And like every week I've been progressing about a foot. Um, I wasn't expecting honestly to have like that great of a season. I wasn't expecting to PR multiple weeks in a row. I wasn't expecting to break the school record, you know, but, I came in with high expectations for myself. I'm like, you know, if I felt like I was behind, but I also felt like it was doable. I felt like I could get back to where I needed to be. And um, coming into the track meet, I actually told Coach Seif, like, I'm gonna get the school record today. And like, I meant it with everything in me. Like, I woke up and told myself like, you're gonna come home the new school record holder. That's what I woke up and told myself the first thing that I woke up that morning. You know, so like, it's just like little things like that. Like I'll set my goals the week that I want them to happen type of situation. Like right now, my goal is to make it to regionals. I'm like barely missing it right now. Right. And my goal is to make it to regionals. That's only a couple more inches, you know, like it's very, very doable. I just need to do it.
2: You you sound like you just have the exact right mentality for the sport you're doing. I, I love you woke up and you were like, this is the day. Like I'm, I'm, I'm ready for, I know coach Siphon and, uh, and coach Sheffield both love that kind of personality too. Uh, Jason, you mentioned, you know, last year, I mean, you were right up there, man. It was looking like, like it was going to be really, really special podiums and all kinds of crazy stuff. And you were one of those athletes. Um, I think we talked not too long before everything shut down about the year you were going to have. Um, you were one of those athletes where the COVID just hit it, you know, really a a horrible time. Not that there would ever have been a good time for it to hit, but can you talk about what that was like going from, I have these expectations I've been working towards for 20 plus years, you know, whatever it feels like to, you just shut down, you know, what was that like? And what were some of the things you did outside of school to kind of keep yourself ready for this opportunity?
4: yeah man everybody's been asking me about that about that experience for me and as as bad as it was you know I mean I was still grateful that I was there I was still grateful for the the year that I was having up until that point I mean like that was gonna be my coming out I was really gonna show the NCAA who Jason Smith was at that track meet hundred percent. I was ready to go. I was peaking. I was at all time high, but you know, for me to not get that opportunity, like it, it, it hurt, you know, seriously, like we were there and what made it worse is the fact, like we were, we were literally there. I was on the track. It was going to be like the next day. And that night we had to go home and, and all that, all that, hype that I had and all that emotion I had built up that mental the mentality I developed going into that weekend like was all for nothing but you know that really just that really just made me hungry like because because now I know people still not gonna know much about me you know I still haven't gotten to show the best of Jason Smith yet on the national level because you know it's all about what you do when it counts the most and and that's when I really turned things on so um that was definitely a down moment for me um after like right afterwards you know I took about a month or so to just kind of decompress and and take a step back from track and and you know kind of get my mind off of that so I like it wouldn't be dwelling on me as much um but you know you can't hold me back from that for long like like I said I was so excited and And even though COVID did shut it down for a while, like even right after I was still doing workouts. Some of our teammates were like, you know, kind of trying to stay together, do little workouts in home because we weren't sure if we were going to have a spring. Like we knew that indoor NCAA championships had closed down, but we weren't sure if it was going to open back up for spring and all that. So I was thinking maybe there'd be an outdoor season. So you know, I kind of just took like that month and then reassessed the situation and then kind of got back into it. But it was a tough time, man. Like I was all over the place. I wasn't sure at first, like the uncertainty was really hitting me. And then, and then once they really shut it down, then that's when I was like, all right, you know, I'm gonna just use this time, focus on myself, get, get my body back to being healthy. Cause you know, you go through a few months of this track stuff, you you get banged up for sure, especially in the jumps and what we do every day. So um, I just spent most of that time just kind of fixing my body, getting my body back to where I wanted it to be. Um, always, I'm always working on my mindset, mentality, especially in that time, like you kind of like reflect on things. So I was reflecting on the season, um, things that I could have worked on, things that we were going to be working on, you know, so... I wasn't so much doing the the physical aspect of things, but definitely the mental preparation and physical preparation. I was using the the downtime that COVID had gave us to to get all that stuff set up. And then, you know, kind of once I got into summer, that's when I started gearing back up because I always, always kept the faith that, you know, there was going to be another season. It was going to happen next year. So, like Crystal said, I just wanted to pick it up right where I left off. So, yeah, I left yeah. off at the national level, peaking, and that's what I'm trying to carry into this year.
2: Sounds like a plan to me. Um, I, the last thing I wanted to ask you guys about is track and field is such a unique sport. Um, you, know, you guys' roster is like almost as big as the other sports at the school combined, right? Um, it's, and there, there end up being these kind of little teams within the team and um, we, could, I, I've covered a lot of track and field at, at from the high school level up to you know the Olympics and everything. I always feel like the jumpers is the most the, the, it's the most fun group to hang out with. You know what I mean? What what, what is it? What's the personality <laughs> of the jumpers group like at Long Beach State? Do you guys have a good time? You know, rooting for each other at the meets and everything. <laughs> you, go, you want me to go? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah.
3: laughs> I feel like we all have very, 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 very different personalities <laughs> um <laughs> in a sense like um I guess like well my training partner for the most part is like um my Kwan, and like he treats me like a bad little cousin or like a bad little sister who gets <laughs> on his nerve on a daily like a daily <laughs> basis and I feel like we treat each other like a family like it's just like a mixed match family like everybody is just so different like you have the quiet ones and then you have you know, the ones who are, like, overly excited, like Jason, and then you have me who <laughs> thinks everything's funny, you know? So, like, I feel like our, I feel like we have many different vibes within one group, and that's what makes it funny.
4: Yeah, abs- I agree 100%. Like she said, we have a whole motley crew of personalities, but the jumpers, we, we chill, so it all works, you know? Like, it's all love at the end of the day. The way I see it... I'm I'm in my fifth year now. So the jump group is like my my family, like all y'all my little siblings. So I get to pick on bully push around. (laughs) (laughs) And Crystal, the hard headed one who tried to bully back, but you know, like
3: But I'm older than you, so I can't be (laughs) your younger sibling. I'm a whole day older than you. I cannot be your
4: little sibling. It's all love, man. Like I really have nothing but love, care. I wanna see everybody win and You know, we always have a good time. We always laugh and joking because we know how to balance that work with that play, too. So that's what's most important.
2: I think uh, I think that that definitely comes through. Uh, You know, you guys are a pair of special athletes on uh, having what we hope will be a special pair of seasons. Um, And, you know, it's I think for jumpers, it's like you guys have different personalities and then there's also downtime right? Like, especially in meat. So it's like, it's the perfect storm to create that fun family atmosphere you are just talking about. But guys, uh, we wish you the best of luck with the rest of the season. Can't wait to see what you guys do. Um, and thanks so much for making the time to come on the show.
3: Thank you. Yeah.
4: Thanks for having us again. Appreciate it.
2: Great job, guys. Thank you.
0: Another great interview here on the LB Fee Show. And as we wrap up another episode, we have got to do our big shouts of the week. Just taking a moment to give some people who who might not be getting some shine to give them a little bit of shine. Andy, who do you got for your big shout of the week?
1: Yeah, my my shout is to Dan Butterly and the Big West Conference office, who probably doesn't get much, uh, much love. But uh, this year... All of the championships seem to be just jammed into one month and a half and the work that they're doing to put on these events have been first class, you know, having just come from, um, you know, the golf, uh, championship, it was amazing experience. So I just want to give a big shout out to Dan Butterly, all of the staff at the big West who are working hard to make sure that all of our student athletes in the big West have a great championship experience. So thank you to everybody in the conference office.
0: That's a really good one. My big shout for the week is to some local linksters, senior, senior Hunter Epson and Tyler Schaefer. They are both members of the Long Beach State men's golf team, recent champions. They are also both Long Beach Wilson Bruin alums, local guys coming from a local high school, playing for the local school. Obviously, we at the five six two. Absolutely love that. And they played great. Epson went uh, even par, and Schaefer went super low in the second round. To put Long Beach State or help get Long Beach State into first place headed into that final round. Uh, Two kids we really enjoyed covering in high school and now we get to cover them in college. Uh, It's our joy to see local kids doing that for the local teams. And uh, big shouts to Epson and Schaefer. Hopefully much more good news from the Long Beach State golf teams to come. So thank you to producer Roger, obviously, Andy, thank you for having us host this show. We love doing this. We're going to be doing it again in two weeks and hopefully we'll have some more good news. We'll talk to you then long beach.